Welcome back to another edition of the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. It's me, Lentessa, and today we're walking through Frontierland with Jim Hill. Jim's going to tell us what's been going on in Frontierland and what's about to happen over the next couple of years. Jim, why don't you talk to us about what we see in the background right there, the Golden Oak Outpost. It looks like Custer's last stand over here. <laughs> well, it, it was McDonald's last french fry stand. And, <laughs> remember, as part of the 10-year billion-dollar co-promotional deal that McDonald's had with the Disney company from the mid-90s to the early 2000s, they could serve McDonald's food inside the parks, and this is where you could get your french fries. And that was, uh, that was controversial at the time, right? Because a lot of us were saying, we, we can get McDonald's food outside of the parks, why do we need McDonald's food inside the parks? But like you said, there was a promotional deal to be made, right? If you talk to parents of young children, how many times you're it's like, all right, what will you eat? You'll eat chicken nuggets. Yeah, all right. you'll, you'll eat from the beige menu, tater tots, exactly. fries. And so that's what ended up happening. On, on the other hand, from that same era of, of food out in the world, we got the Pecos Bill Tall Tale Inn. Pecos Bills is, uh, is fantastic. And they've, uh, and they've recently changed the menu, right? They've gone from burgers to nachos. It's a sort of like Tex-Mex, right? To fajitas, nachos. I think they still have a burger available, but it's definitely much more Southwest and, uh, and again, Tex-Mex available. I really like the new menu. What about you? As much as I enjoy the menu, I also enjoy the sort of faux planet Hollywood take. I mean, that's the thing. If you go from room to room to room there. Oh, I've never noticed that. Is that what that is? That's it. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> Each of the rooms pays tribute to a different hero of the West. But again, in much the same way as planet Hollywood, their memorabilia is up on the walls. So, so it's like a planet Fort Worth. <laughs> <laughs> up and Ah, there we are. Let's, uh, let's walk over the bridge to Splash Mountain, one of the iconic attractions of, uh, of Frontierland. Yep. Interestingly enough, Splash Mountain has just been in the news. What for? You remember hearing about that gentleman who unfurled the giant Trump... Uh, oh, Trump uh, banner on Main Street. Yes. yes. Right. Well, he was a Disney annual pass holder for 24 years. Was? Was being the operative word in that well, sense? Well, and that's the thing. They, they you know, on the back of... Of that, they took away his pass, and then after wow. three or four months, they reconsidered. Okay. And they basically told him, look, you can't come in here with a banner like that again. Okay. And, and you understand that. It's like, absolutely. And he's like, but I wanted to test whether or not the reason Disney did that is because of what was on the banner. So he brought in Trump signs. And just recently, with the image capture here at Disney, he was caught coming down Splash Mountain holding up a Trump 2020 sign. I forget what other picture capture attraction he did it on. And Disney at this point is like, okay. You're done. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, the you're going pretty fast. The wind resistance. Well, the argument was at this point, it's, it's a, a safety, it's a safety issue. issue. Yeah. Um, and that should have been obvious. Yeah. This is a guy who is trying to create controversy, trying to make his own fake news. So that's it. Now your annual pass is gone forever. Are there any changes coming up to, uh, to Splash Mountain or is it is it in status quo mode? Somebody just tweeted out they were walking through one of the Splash Mountains around the world and noticed that there was a chemical up on a shelf that was basically the sort of thing one uses to lighten the color of one's skin. Really? Yes. And I get that somebody in research probably saw that label somewhere 
back in in '89 when they they did the first Flash Round. Like, oh, cool, we're being authentic, and now it's like, oh my god, please pull that. Yeah, please, uh, let's cover that. It's hydrogen peroxide. It's uh, <laughs> teeth whitening. Yes, exactly. Don't be surprised if you do see that sort of editing with Flash Round, because again, what we perceive as being politically correct or what's acceptable to all members of society, mm -hmm. it changes. It's constantly changing. So, uh, but the, but the ride itself remains, and for me, it's it's always been intriguing that we even got this ride at all. So. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, we told the story before about how we uh, we got the ride, but uh, yeah, it's yeah. a it's a marvelous story. What about the uh, the train station, the Walt Disney World uh, train station, to behind Frontierland, accessible through those uh, steps? Well, right there. Is it uh, any? I mean, it's, it's reliable transportation. It's actually going to stop running though when they. Um, for a little bit at the beginning of the year when they um, when they do Tron that uh, they are in fact one of the more fun moments of, of during the construction is how the people who are experiencing Splash Mountain you know have to sort of hang on the the big steam train is coming through and we don't want you to get quick if you recall when they opened Mickey's birthday land yes. uh, back in 88 they did show scenes along the length of the track that sort of set up the the whole birthday landing right experience. and they haven't done that since then they haven't really added any trackside scenes well get ready they are planning to do that for really? the 50th in fact supposedly as part of the shutdown for the tron construction okay they've supposedly selected upwards of five and six new places they can do show scenes and they're going to go in do the electrical work do the conduit and then you'll see them installed just ahead of the 50th Oh, fantastic. So. All right, Jim, we're walking by Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. And it still kind of breaks my heart that we didn't get the Lone Ranger stuff. Well, to be what? fair, no one got the Lone Ranger. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Look, all right, 25 years after the fact, the Sanderson sisters are performing in front of... Oh, that's right. Cast. From the Halloween party, right? And more to the point, the Rocketeer is a beloved character, so... Just because you fail at the box office doesn't mean that you won't end up in a theme park, you know, 20 years down the line. See Tron, comma, the movie. And I remain ever, ever hopeful that the Lone Ranger stuff, because they had some wonderful ideas they were going to drop in here. Really? Yeah. You were going to come around a corner and you were going to have an AA figure and a horse of the Lone Ranger rearing back and doing the whole Hi-Yo Silver. Wow. And that didn't happen. Yeah, not going to happen. All right. But how is... Big Thunder Mountain aging is an attraction. I mean, as far as we can tell from our reader surveys, it's still super popular. It is sort of one of the must-see attractions in the park. If you talk to the purists, they're still the ones who wish that Disney had built Thunder Mesa instead. But from a capacity point of view, I mean, how many folks per hour for th through this? 1500 ish somewhere there. That's okay. a ballpark estimate without me doing any research. All right. I'm kind of surprised at that number. I thought it would do a little bit better than that, but... Oh, I mean, the lines, the lines are still pretty long, but that's uh, that's what we get. Maybe maybe 1600. Okay. But I mean, it's beautifully designed. I mean, mind you, it is a bear to maintain between the safety equipment and just, you know, when they have to shut this down to repaint this. When you look at the rock work at Cars Land at Disney California Adventure, sure. Or for that matter, the stuff we can already see sticking up out of Black Star Outpost. People now expect Disney Rockwood to really be exemplary. In fact, a lot of people who've seen the Pirates of the Caribbean redo and, and that scene with the, the octopus and the treasure chest, yep. all of the rock work around there is new as well because oh. it was previously basically industrial strength tinfoil that had been crumpled into rock shapes and then sprayed with gunite. That was what Disney did for Rockwood back in the day. Now it's completely different. Yeah. So, 
All right, Jim. One more, one more uh, Frontierland attraction before we uh, we move on. Mm-hmm. What is, if anything, is happening to Tom Sawyer Island? Okay. Status quo ante, same as before. Pretty much. I mean, every you know, every year when Disney Legal does its review, you know, it's kind of like waves hitting the shore, and one other thing will disappear quietly. We have become such a litigious society. You know, the whole notion of you know, kids being able to climb ropes and, you know, swing and that sort of thing. Barrel bridges that aren't stable by design. There we go. In the, the grand scheme of things, in much the same way as 20,000 leagues went down in Fantasyland to create the space for new Fantasyland, mm-hmm. you know, we really not, should not be surprised in the next 10 or 15 years to see the Rivers of America go away to create a giant chunk of real estate for a brand new land. Oh, right, then it's gotta be, what, close to seven or eight acres right there? Yeah, just and, all and, yeah. and we talked earlier about, you know, how Disney is sort of pruning out the slow-moving or expensive to maintain attractions. Right, when you think the about underperformers, as it were. That's it, exactly. All right, yeah, I can uh, I can totally see that. It'll be a shame when it's gone, but as long as it stays in Disneyland, as long as there's one of them, um, I think we'll, uh, we'll all be happy. All right, Jim, why don't we uh, walk over to uh, Liberty Square, and we'll see what's shaking in Colonial America. How does that sound? That works for me. All right, folks, you've been listening to the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. We are produced fabulously by Aaron Adams, who's going to iTunes or Stitcher or, you know, your local uh, hitching post. And write us, <laughs> write us a review and tell us what you'd like to hear next. For Jim, this is Len. We will see you on the next show.